0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Today we've got some great compliance stories, and our first story of the day is from Firebird Rider, The Refund. I've been ordering groceries from Walmart for the last year, since I've been unable to get a caregiver, and I have a compromised immune system. If you get a cold, it kills me variety. I also have a broken back, and a condition that makes me dislocate every bone when I move. I've transitioned into frozen dinners to not starve, and I can't just eat anything. My body is terrible at being alive. So I get food assistance, and the SNAP system of EBT uses a debit card-style system. I've only had two orders without issues in the last year. Instead of the food I've ordered, things I received range from a plastic footlocker full of marshmallows to airborne allergens that put me in the hospital because, instead of the egg, cheese, and potato bowls, someone went, This customer needs a ready-made cucumber salad. This is the same. It's so reliable a thing, my neighbors wait for my texts listing their available free food options. This week it's pineapple mango juice. I'm allergic to pineapple. I pretty quickly mastered the refund system. After a third time, however, the system started making me call. Every single time. Then I was told, you need to open a dispute with your cardholder. I say, are you sure? I'm only missing a $5 item. They say, yes, we no longer believe you're missing items i say i just sent you photographs of everything in the bags you admit i didn't order those mushrooms why are you saying i lied they say too many returns so i call up the ebt system and detail everything i offer photos of every single order at this point i had three they were refusing refunds on it took just four weeks for anyone to actually talk to me i'd have been hung up on many times ebt doesn't need my evidence We get this all the time. I see partial refunds on two of these, so they'll automatically refund the whole order and our investigation team will look at the others. If they do need that evidence, we will call you. I woke up to full refunds for six orders because in investigation, they decided that I should have those others too. So Walmart paid me back $800 instead of $5. The best part is they're not making me call EBT to refund. They just do it now and i know i can have a nice meal on my birthday they need to get their system in some kind of order here because i can't believe they're making that many faults and then giving customers no recourse or trying to give them a hard time for trying to get the right thing that they wanted the whole time if you're shopping at a store like walmart should you just expect this kind of service or walmart or not is this still ridiculous i'd like to know what you guys think in the comments down below our next story is from rentacle stop wasting time and follow the job order quick one but it's a textbook case yesterday i got an email from a customer who wanted an in-depth analysis of dish soap sales for the past three years easy peasy it's all automated but time consuming to extract that much data as i was entering the details into the software according to the job order i see the customer specified product code a190 I checked the database and, uh-oh, that's the code for scented candles. I think they meant A160 dish soap. Due to past shenanigans, we're supposed to follow job orders to the letter, and if there's a conflict, the product code trumps over whatever else the customer wrote. This is spelled out very clearly in our service agreement. However, if I suspect a mistake, I will give the customer a call so they can amend the job order and avoid wasting time and money. They're usually grateful for the heads up. So I call the customer and I barely manage to say I'm from company XYZ that this lady starts berating me about how long the job is taking. First off, I got the timestamped email less than 15 minutes ago. And this kind of report usually has a turnaround of 24 to 48 hours. Second, I'm trying to help out by pointing out the wrong product code, but this lady will just not let me talk. She keeps cutting me off and talking over me. When I finally managed to get two words in and say I wanted to confirm the product code, she tells me to stop wasting her time and just do what the job order says. Then she hangs up on me. You can probably guess how it went. I ran the request as written for product A190, candles, scented yesterday by end of business. The lady flipped when she saw it. Apparently they needed this report for a meeting that now has to be rescheduled. My boss and her boss got involved. The end result is that the customer's boss just sent me a request to please run a report for dish soap, a 160, when convenient, and apologizing for the misunderstanding. My company will waive the cost of the extra report. I understand the lady was moved to a role that limits the amount of damage she can do. Already the fact that she ordered the report the literal day before the meeting was not great. Moral of the story, before telling someone to shut up, maybe listen to what they're saying, sometimes people that are hot-headed or overconfident are the ones that manage to rise to the top it just so happens that those traits can also cause some major screw-ups too in a way it's kind of like a game of slots you might keep winning in a row but you keep putting money in you're gonna lose at some point and a lot of people lose right away by the way if you're enjoying these stories make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos our next story is from kotenkari Complaining, loitering about card shop customers, it's now a card shop with drinks. Got this card shop I've been going to for probably a decade or so now. About six to seven years ago they were in this small plaza, just a bunch of storefronts next to each other off a major road with a shared tiny, like 20 spaces total, parking lot. A lot of people like to hang out around the shop for hours, playing card games, board games, minis games. We didn't buy things on the daily but would drop serious money on stuff every so often not sure why it started but the other stores mainly the restaurants that were there started complaining that we were taking up their parking spaces which was causing them to lose customers then complained we were loitering since we didn't buy anything even coming into the shop in person to complain we rarely parked too far from the card storefront since we kept our stuff in our cars wanna play warhammer let me get my army stuff from the car. Magic the Gathering? Need to grab my deck from the car. But the shops even started giving us tickets for loitering in the plaza, putting them onto our cars. Car shop owner, or CSO, who I know very well from many games and hanging around, responds with, Okay, we can't have loiterers, and made some changes to the shop. We have a game library, like a floor to ceiling of shelves of a wall in the back, full of board games for people like kids to grab and play, that kind of grew over the years. To use the wall now, you needed to pay $5, but with that you also get $5 credit for the store, which included a newly installed mini-fridge full of $1 cans of pop and snacks, like chocolate bars and chips. Cool fact! That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, H-E-L-P dot com slash Storytime We kept the receipts on our pockets or on the table next to us to display when they came around to complain. The tickets were stopped after a while, since the landlord heard about it and had a talking to the owners, since he wasn't behind it. Also made it a point, the parking lot was for the plaza, not any specific storefront. We kept the receipts on hand still, almost like a inside joke. Even newcomers did it after a while additional deliciousness. According to car shop owner, the restaurants kept bugging him about things from something he threw in the dumpsters to parking his car in the back, basically trying to push him out because the customers weren't the right kind. Pretty sure more stereotyping than factual for reasons I'll get into. So when the lease was up, he was out, moved to another plaza about 10 minutes ride away from the first location he had secured months before the lease ended. Here's the thing about this card shop, it was very family friendly. We may get loud but we never cursed and just ushered people who got riled up outside for cooldown. We had kids playing games in the back often, I was sometimes DMing a game for them. Why did we have kids in the shop? Because the parents were doing what got them together in the front area, trying to drop each other's life points to zero. We have several families who came to the shop from all many of fields. You think a rule lawyer is tiring try to argue with a real lawyer about rules when the shop moved so did these customers but not sure why these restaurants didn't know or notice so did their most frequent customers many of us bought our meals from these restaurants due to convenience of it and the selection of foods was decent the food itself wasn't that good but this was before food deliveries like uber eats was a thing nowadays when i drive by the plaza on route to the shop i chuckle They definitely don't need to worry about a full lot, maybe a quarter full nowadays. The old card shop location seemed to rotate between shops from a vapes to taxes to a health shop currently for lease. Other shops also moved away from the plaza. The restaurants, once closed down, boarded up with no sign, changed of as this week. The other three seem to have upped their gimmicks based on windows full of deals. Food deliveries apps-wise, they're not liked, citing poor quality, time, and or gouged prices. You can definitely tell that whoever is running these businesses did not have a good idea of how to run those businesses. If you're operating a restaurant in an area with a lot of traffic, that serves to only be a good thing, I would think. And if you feel like these people aren't coming into your restaurant enough, that's where honestly you as a business owner should identify there's a lot of people here. You need to try and make a pivot to lure some of those people into your restaurant, which is right there. Try to support the card shop and the people in it. Create an ecosystem where card shop frequenters are going to be likely to frequent you as well. No, 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 let's just ostracize the owner and push all of that traffic somewhere else. Then all of our true customers will come flooding in. Our next story is from Star World 8311 Okay, I won't put duplicate freight bills for the same company under its translated name. I know the title of this looks really weird, but it'll make sense. I grew up speaking a Scandinavian language at home. This came in really handy once I got a job as a data entry person at a freight billing company. The clients would send their freight and the bills would come to us as a third-party billing company so we would enter them into our system sorted by client and tracking number or equivalent there was one company a popular shredding business with a triangle logo i saw that there were stacks of bills that used the english name of the company and stacks of bills with the same tracking numbers and were basically duplicate bills that used the norwegian or swedish name The company was getting billed twice for all its freight shipments. I told the auditor, my boss who handled client communications, and she told me to enter them using the corresponding company name. Okay, whatever. I was getting paid by the number of bills I entered that weren't rejected by our system, not that weren't rejected by the client system, so I entered them as the company that each said it was on the letterhead of that particular bill we then had two databases of bills that were the same tracking numbers and same everything but that we were billing different companies for at the same address the client of course was refusing to pay whichever bill got entered as the non-duplicate and my boss couldn't understand why she came back to me and asked me to explain again why i thought that they were the same company i happened to have a language dictionary with me on that day because I was talking about languages with someone else, so I showed her what the two words translated into. She called the company, yes, same phone number for both on the letterhead, and had a half hour talk with someone there. It turned out that the company name was the founder's last name, which was a place name in the old country. People weren't pronouncing it correctly and they always got questions about it, so they decided to change it to the English translation of the name. Apparently, they thought everyone would just know somehow that it was the same, so they didn't tell the auditor. My boss and the company owner thanked me for catching the error and insisting that it was the same and I entered all the foreign freight bills for a while because my boss's boss knew I would be able to figure them out. Congratulations OP, not only did you figure out the problem, but you got yourself saddled with being the one that has to enter all of this stuff. I don't know if that end result is a true victory or not but there was definitely a good malicious compliance along the way and our final story of the day is from stl italian fulfilled passenger demand this occurred in the mid-1990s not sure if it'll be approved i was working the ticket counter for twa in a small city we were delayed for weather and a passenger who flew every week was furious because he would miss his connection He didn't have any options that evening. He was on our last flight and the last connecting flight for an early morning meeting the next day. He's doing the usual yelling, cursing, slamming his hand on the counter, etc. Because that always works, right? After he was done screaming, he demanded scissors. I had a good idea what he was going to do after threatening he would never fly us again. He's acted this way numerous times if his flights were even slightly delayed. The supervisor didn't catch on and told me no, but I gave him the scissors anyway. He proceeded to chop up his frequent flyer card, threw the pieces at us and slammed the scissors down and stormed off. This guy was a top tier customer who had a few hundred thousand miles in his account. Considering what he just did and said, I picked up the pieces and called the frequent flyer desk reps for his tier level, explained who I was and what just occurred. His account had enough history of his behavior that they asked I send them pieces and a statement from myself and supervisor. The following week, the guy shows up to fly out. During the process of checking him in, we discover his account isn't associated with his reservation. After doing some poking around, I find out his account has been cancelled and his miles removed. When I explained this, I thought he was going to have a stroke. And while he was throwing his fit, demanded to see the manager the manager of course already knows what occurred and told him there's nothing we can do he stormed off and flew another airline and he never flew us after that i was gonna say that i'm surprised they didn't still like do what they could to save such a frequent flyer but let's be real planes airplanes and irate passengers are just never a good mix and too much is too much and honestly i'm just kind of glad this company did decide too much was too much But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome compliance story, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.